This episode is dedicated to anyone that's suffering in a relationship, anyone that's in an abusive relationship, anyone that was in an abusive relationship. Um, Love is a precious thing, and we're all called to really love deeply. And my heart goes out to anyone out there that's unhappy and struggling. And God is good and God is with you. Um, I hope you get the help that you need. But don't stay in an unhealthy relationship. If it's not meant to be, run and run as fast as you can. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Sober is Dope podcast with your host, Pop Buchanan. Today, I want to talk about a term that I love that I found listening to another podcast called Overwhelmed Brain. And this term is called relationship radiation. And we, we always love in the Sober is Dope universe to talk about the problems with toxic relationships, especially toxic relationships and relationship to love, romance. You know, you dating somebody raggedy and crazy and they, they, they're making your life a mess. And I just wanted to talk about this. This is not a formal episode where I'm attempting to really school you or educate you on anything. This is a human thing. And too many of us in the sober community and too many people in life, I see they're in these restrictive relationships that's very suffocating and very toxic. And it's very important If you're out there and you're trying to do the right thing, it's very important that you understand that you always have options and you was born free. And sometimes when you make vows or you're in a relationship, sometimes we could be guilted into staying with someone and not being free and feeling like we're trapped, you know? Sometimes you could be with somebody who's very supportive and loving and you could still feel suffocated and trapped. Sometimes you may be you may outgrow a person, you know, some, you know, it could be a case where someone is you're in a relationship with somebody that easily manipulates you and likes to make you feel like you're a bad person and. You're not, you know, you're not 100%. I think relationships is about ease. It's about love. They should challenge you, but it should be peaceful. Like for me, what I look for in a relationship is I want to be able to come around a person and just feel like, okay, you're on the same page as me. You're nurturing and you're there for me. I'm naturally an outgoing kind of caregiver, loving type of person. So I'm going to always want to see the people around me happy. And I just like to, and I, and you know, sometimes I get tired and beat down and I need someone to come in and take care of me too. And I want to feel like I'm heard and understood. And I also want someone that can understand my struggle and where I came from without throwing it in my face. So being in recovery is tough because, you know, my life switched upside down. Like there was a point in my life when I was 15 years old and I was just a regular normal per kid. Didn't smoke, didn't. I started doing everything at 14, 15. I think I had my first drink around 15 years old, if I'm not mistaken, probably 15. And I started smoking marijuana around 15, which was the worst thing I could have ever done. Because marijuana totally sucks. I don't know why people love it so much. I just think I would have probably been at Harvard if I didn't smoke pot at such a young age. You know, definitely screwed me up to a certain to a certain extent. And it definitely was a gateway drugs to other things. But I'm saying that 15, nothing, normal kid, right? And then you know, you get into this next stage of your life, and you're dealing with, you know, addiction and stuff. I get into alcohol, I have an alcohol issue, or I can't stop drinking, blah, 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 brings me here. So, you know, there's a certain level of arrested development. So my life changed. So when your life shifts in recovery, you need people to either be able to get on board with you, they may have to make a shift with you, or they have to leave you alone. When I was in counseling, the one thing they used to talk about a lot 
um, and rehab counseling was not being with someone that enables your bad behaviors, okay? Not being with someone that triggers you. And a lot of our addiction talks about triggers and the importance of uh, um, watching out for triggers. We just, we just talked about in our last episode, stress. And using the 90-second rule to de-stress ourselves and to deactivate the fight-or-flight response. Okay? And um, it's very, very, very important that in your love life, there's harmony there. And there's too many cases where there's abuse, verbal abuse, you know, psychological abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, financial abuse. People use money over you. Um... Psychological abuse, people playing games with your feelings and your emotions and manipulating you. Emotional abuse, playing you, playing with your emotions, taking you for granted. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, the bottom line is if you're in a toxic relationship and can't get out, you have to ask yourself, what the hell am I doing in the relationship? Relationships fundamentally fundamentally is about love. All right? You have people these days that's on... Oh, I'm getting married for tax purposes. I'm with this one because it makes sense financially. I'm getting with this person, but they're not happy. So you need to be happy at work. You need to be happy at home. You need to be happy. Part of that is trying to find harmonious matches in each part of your life, in each sector of your life. You want harmony. You know, it's very important. Because where there's disharmony, there's distress. And where there's disharmony, there's disease and, you know, all of these negative things. You see the connection, disharmony, disease, distress, right? Everything's supposed to be ease. So relationship radiation suggests you being able to identify if you're in a toxic relationship, period. Now, a toxic relationship could look really good on the surface and then the bottom and the guts of it is is terrible because you're unhappy. Me, I'm happy in my relationships. My relationship is not perfect. It needs, everything needs work. But I'm happy in my relationship and I love the person I'm with, right? We had to go through a lot. We're going through a lot because we're on, we know, there's there's a dichotomy there because I'm a little older, I'm going one way in my life, and then, you know, they, and this person is going one way in their life, and we have to grow together and support each other. So it's about support. And you have to grow with each other gracefully. So it's very important because I always see it. You should get with somebody, argument. They're on the phone, I'm like, who are you arguing with? Oh, this person, my girl, or my, oh my God. And it's always all of this drama. And there's so many people I listen to and be like, why are you with this person? You don't seem happy. You're always complaining. You're always stressed. Now, some people feed off of abuse. Abuse is a very deep concept. Because some people, they feed off of it. You know, they like conflict. You know, they may, you know, you every time you see them, oh, I'm upset, this person, they knocked me upside the head, they cursed me out, they told me I wasn't crap, they made me feel this. But then you, you can't stop calling a person. And then, you know, they say nice guys finish last. You see this a lot. Sometimes, you, you know, it could be the nicest person in the world knocking on your door right next to you and the people choose the toxic relationship. So you have to identify if you're in a relationship because you thrive on toxicity and then you could be a toxic person. So we have to check ourselves, right? Because some people just love the drama. Um, honestly, some people love the drama. And I, and I do not advise that you try to give advice to these people because what's going to happen is... You're going to spend two hours giving them the best advice. They're going to look you dead in your eyes and be like, okay, thanks. And they're going to go right back to the toxic behavior. So sometimes a toxic relationship is just like an addiction. You have to wait till that person hits their rock bottom in the relationship to see the true colors of the person that they're with. But the goal is relationship radiation 
is really deep. It's when you're in this toxic environment and someone is really digging into you, you know? Someone is manipulating you. They create the vision. It's very divisive. You know, you can't talk to this one. Why are you with this person? They don't want you with family members. They don't want you to be happy outside of them. They feel like, you know, it's a lot of attachment issues. Sometimes people who have attachment issues rely too much on their spouse, right? And then sometimes relationship is just not right. You know, sometimes relationship is just not right. You know, I always, in my relationship, I always love to, you know, I have a really standing open door policy. Like, look, if this is not working for you, you're free to go. I'm going to be hurt, but you have the freedom and I will understand. The number one thing we need is honesty, though. See, you can't feel trapped if you have a safe exit door that's always open. Now, you you know, I try to get the person I'm with that security. Like, I, I love you and I never want you to walk through this door. But the day you wake up and you no longer happy and you love someone, you want to love somebody else, you have to have a conversation with me and then we'll put it in perspective and we'll work it out. I'll deal with my emotions, but you're free to go. Not going to try to convince you to stay somewhere where you're not happy. And love does have an expiration date if it's not meant to be. So sometimes we try to hold on to things that's not meant to be. So you need to ask yourself, are you holding on to a toxic situation? Are you in this relationship because you're an enabler or there is the person enabling you? Are you needy? Or do you love this person for the right reasons or is it a selfish one-sided thing? Are you the abuser in the relationship? Are you the predator? Are you the one that's causing damage? Are you manipulating a person? The biggest conflict for me in the sober dope community is just trying to find balance in my sobriety and trying to make sure my spouse appreciates and supports that because it gets kind of lonely sometimes, you know, when sobriety if the person you're with is not practicing sobriety. So a lot of us are in relationships where, you know, the person that you're with may not have the same issues that you had and they could still enjoy a drink or two and go out. And my thing is, is compassion. Like if you know someone can't drink anymore, you know someone is in a situation where they're still... New, I think the first 10 to 20, 10 to 15 years in sobriety, you're fairly new. And you're, you're a new person now and you're, refig- you're figuring everything out all over again. It's a brand new person. You change. They say the brain changes every three years or something like that. We get new brain cells. We become different people. We're not going to be the same person we are today 10 years from now. People change. You know? Not Nas said it best, life changes, love changes, and best friends become strangers. So people change. Can you grow together and change together? And when I change, would you respect the change and love me the same way? Or would you judge me? That brings me to my next point in relationship radiation is judgment. And I try to catch myself with this because I could come across a little judgmental sometime in my relationship. Because... I just want everybody to be healthy and happy and take care of themselves. So if you know me, it's like, okay, Pop's going to be on you if you're not 100%. You know, I want people to just be healthy. If I think that you're hurting yourself, then I'm going to be tough on you. And that's, a, you know, I don't want any to see anyone abusing themselves, you know. But judgment can be, a, is, a, is many levels of judgment. You have the type of judgment where someone could just... No matter what you do, you never, it's never good enough. No matter how hard you work, they don't recognize it. No matter what, they always have something to say or something to pick at. It's like they're waiting for you to fail. They always, you know, a lot of people grow up in households like this where toxic parents lead to toxic relationships. Then lead to you being a toxic parent. parent. You know, you see this a lot. And when I was younger, I always said, you know, I don't know how people would say, you know, my dad's an alcoholic and he used to beat my mother. Then the person grows up, becomes an alcoholic and beat their wife. It's like, when do we kill and when do we stop the generational curse 
that we inherit from our parents? Do we have to um, continue that toxic behavior? If you in a judgmental household where you was judged, do you have to develop that character flaw or that character defect and, and make someone else's life miserable? Now, there's a difference between judgment and, um, you know, constructive criticism and, you know, trying to promote the best for a person. But you see it a lot with people just super judgmental. Like, I don't know, I got... And, you know, we in the hood, they like to say, you know, they just hate us. But judgment is a lot. You know, um, are you in a toxic relationship? Are you in a relationship where you never feel like you're complete or whole? Do you feel like you could tell this person anything? You know, another thing, you know, emotionally, depending on other people outside your relationship for your emotional needs and not being able to communicate effectively with your partner. Um, Which brings me to the three C's of a relationship which I think off the top of my head is compromise, compassion, and um, communication. So if you're in a relationship and you you have a communication breakdown and you feel like you can't communicate with the person, that's also another thing that you need to identify. Like why, and, and, and I'm working on this in my life because you know, I'm extroverted to a certain degree. I'm kind of like 50-50 introverted, extroverted to a certain extent. Like, I'm like more 80% introverted, but there's a part of me that's very capable of being very vocal about what I don't like or what I do like. And and I get kind of defensive sometimes when someone try to point out or try to check me on things and I have to remember that I have to be able to receive constructive criticism if I'm gonna give constructive criticism, which is a give and take and a healthy exchange, which is healthy communication. So I have to work on that. I'm not perfect, you know? And 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 part of me doing this episode is to do an inventory, a moral inventory to see if if I'm bleeding radiation into my relationship, if I'm, uh, you know, part of the problem, you know, but ladies and gentlemen, some of us out there is just really struggling in the relationship department. You see the world falling apart in this area a lot. You see a lot of the new, the culture now is like, it's okay to have a side girlfriend, a side boyfriend. It's okay. Infidelity is glorified in the music and everything. Um, it's an over-sexualized society where it's all about sex and, you know, all of this porn and the internet. It, it really detaches people from the real virtues and the real genuine virtues of what a relationship is really supposed to be about. Communication, compromise, you know, and love. So, and definitely compassion. So communication is a lot. And, you know, I, I always say in my relationship, look, if you can't say something to me verbally, write it down to me. Let's have a conversation. Text me. You know, I know it's informal and a lot of things, as long as it's not an attack. I'm like, don't attack me through an email or a text. But if you got something on your chest, just try to get it off and you can't say it verbally. Just communication is key. Being honest. You know, one thing I've made a rule of, I don't look to another female to be my emotional crutch. Because if I have issues in my life and I need a female, I'm gonna bring it to the person I'm with. Because that builds our relationship. It opens up our lines of communication. Some of us spread ourselves too thin. You spend 12, 13 hours on the phone with your homegirls or your homeboys or your coworkers and you put all your business out in the street, by the time you come home, you spent. You ain't got nothing to say to the person you with. You done told the world everything. 
You know, I'd be surprised. I hear some people talk, oh, my boyfriend's not this, my boyfriend's not that, my girlfriend's not this, my girlfriend's not that. I'm like, yo, Duke, you talk about this person all day. Have you ever thought about talking to them about this situation? Maybe you guys can grow. I know more about your girlfriend than you do. Or vice versa. So my thing is communication is key. And relationship radiation, part of it is toxic communication. So if you're out there in the sober, this dope universe, I want you to please make sure you try to identify if you're in a toxic communi- toxic relationship and if the communication and relationship has some type of flaw or breakdown. They call it communication breakdown. But you feel like you can't express yourself around this person. And it's okay sometimes. It's not, it's not like some people can't always verbally say everything they want to say. I can't, like, for older members of my family, I can't really say it. Sometimes I might have to write a letter or I might have to send a text to really communicate. If things get too thick, I get kind of choked up. I don't really can't say everything verbally because it might come out wrong. I have the capability of writing really well so I could write my whatever I'm feeling out to the T. So I could write it and say, yo, read this, then call me back and let's go over it. But sometimes you just got to find the best way to communicate. And then nonverbal communication. How do you communicate in the bedroom? How do you communicate? Can, are you guys kissed? Do you guys hug? Do you, are you guys, um, you know, are you guys romantic? Are you guys able to really enjoy each other? You know, massage massage each other, cook for each other, laugh, rub each other's hair, massage each other's feet, love. So, it's, I love the term relationship radiation, but only in the sense that if you're struggling in your life to get to the next level, if you're a good person who really just want a good shake and a good relationship and love, and if you're struggling with substance abuse or some form of addiction, and you're trying to keep it together, and the person you with is totally toxic, and they're bleeding this radiation, this toxic radiation in a form of judgment, foul language, threats, um, verbal abuse, physical abuse, emotional, psychological abuse, and you feel suffocated and trapped, it's going to be very hard to live a fruitful and happy life and to really stay in a sober mindset, okay? It's too easy to relapse in a toxic relationship. So I need you to be honest with yourself. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, you could be listening to this without your spouse, maybe, and you and I'm asking you to make a moral inventory for yourself so you can keep it real with me. We keep it real with each other. And you ask yourself, am I really happy? Am I in this relationship for the right reason? Does this relationship serve the greater good, my greater good? Is it healthy for me? You know, can I express myself? Do I feel valid in this relationship? Do I have an opinion or say so in this relationship? And do this person does this person really love me? Am I do I feel love? You want ask yourself, do I feel love? I know my relationship's not perfect, but I know for a hundred percent that my girl loves me. I know she loves me and she knows I love her. That's a foundational point that we could start with. If you know the love is real, but it's areas that need to be fixed then we could talk about fixing it, then it's controllable. But if everything is just to the point to where it's toxic and you feel like, why am I with this person and you don't know how to get out, then you're trapped. If you're in a relationship and you're feeling like you're in a sunken place, then you're trapped. Okay, and if you're trying to stay sober, sometimes it's better just to cut it, cut, cut your losses, and just learn to love yourself. Now, a lot of this, ladies and gentlemen, we can't always put the blame on the second person, the third party, blah, blah, blah. It comes back to really loving ourselves. Relationship radiation applies to you. How's your relationship with yourself? What type of language are you using in your mind, in that little head of yours? How do you talk to yourself? How do you talk at yourself when you're by yourself 
Think about that. Do you hold yourself in high regards? Do you love yourself? Do you tell yourself you love yourself? Do you give yourself a break? You know, my man from the podcast that inspired this episode said another good term. He said, forgive yourself a break. All right. Forgive yourself a break. Now, all of us need to love ourselves, forgive ourselves, and give give ourselves a break. So if you don't love yourself and you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be able to take care of someone else, man. You're not going to. If you're abusive to yourself, if you're not taking care of your health, your hygiene, if you're not taking care of your mental health, if if you don't have some form of a practice, some form of something that keeps it together... And if you're negative all day, you're gonna you're a toxic person. You're gonna make the person you with toxic. I see many nice people, per- beautiful people. They get with someone, you meet them a year later, they look like a totally different person, totally dark, totally toxic, because the person that they was with rubbed off on them, changed them. You told you the brain changes, so you don't want to be. You don't ever want to be. In a situation where the person you with is so toxic, it makes you a toxic person. It changes you. Because that's sad. It's sad. You see it a lot. You don't recognize the person no more. They don't want to talk to you anymore. You know, you can't have a real conversation. It's like you strangers for real because they got with this person. And for some reason, they was never the same. You know what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen? So we have to love and nurture ourselves first so we can love the person that we're with. Now, if you now this is where it gets important. If your relationship, if you have relationship radiation where toxicity within the relationship, that's gonna spill into the kids. And this is where the prop this is what I have a problem with. I'm man enough to wait. I wait. I didn't have kids yet, and I'm wait until I'm really ready because I want to make sure the environment is so nurturing and so productive and positive that my kids cannot use me as an excuse for their dysfunction because you see it all the time. It's this generational curse. My dad was my dad was abusive, so I'm abusive. My dad never loved me, you know, or my, you know, I was abused sexually, so I'm a sexual deviant, you know, whatever it is. It was like you see all of these cause and effects based on how the parents' relationship was played out in the household. You have parents who will have full-blown arguments and curse around their kids and you know, fight and hit each other and cut each other and do all of this stuff. Now, I understand people's going to fight one to the blue. Kids get it. I'm talking about if this is a constant environment, you have places where it's a constant 24-7 toxic environment and you wonder why the kid grows up and then they're wilding out and they're juvenile delinquents and then they're getting in trouble with the law and they have no respect for authority. So toxic relationships, relationship radiation creates family radiation and these toxic issues so just be careful guys if you're out there and you're trying to get to the next level i don't care if it's based on sobriety i don't care we all have love we all need love you know I'm watching my favorite show right now on um, big little lies with Nicole Kidman Zoe Kravis and all of that good stuff. It got all all my favorite women in there, man. The girl, the lady from Enlightenment, and all of that. And um, Nicole Kidman's character, her husband, used to just beat the living lights out of her. And it was kind of like this sadistic thing where he would really abuse her, and she would know it was wrong, but somehow they would get sexual kicks off of it. But it was really negative abuse. Like, she really wanted to go and it was really toxic. And the one thing he used to do that I hate, and you see this a lot. And if you're in a relationship where this happens, I'm telling you and I'm begging you, please run as fast as you can. If someone physically harms you and abuse you and talk to you crazy, nasty, and evil, dark. 
almost satanic, like, you ain't, sh- you ain't this, you ain't that, you nasty this, you this and that, all of this negative stuff, just a deluge of negativity coming your way, and they're physical, and then right after that, they go, oh my God, I'm sorry, I love you so much, please forgive me, and they continuously do it, and they continuously ask you to forgive them, you're in a super toxic relationship, and you need to run. And this is, reminds me of Big Little Lies because the guy used to, you know, the, the husband who's the Eric from um, True Blood played her husband. And, you know, he's fly. He has his business stuff. He's dope. The kids love him. On the outside, he's the best parent. He's the best husband. He got this high profile job. He looks like a model. He's all it is. This guy was straight suplex his girl drop kicker, punch on her gut, like full-blown punch in the gut, then have sex with her, tell her he's sorry, he love her, and he gonna see her later when he had dinner. Meanwhile, she's sitting there in a fetal position, crying and gagging and all of that. And the reason why I'm saying this, guys, is that many of us out there suffer in secrecy. So if you're trying to get sober and you're trying to do the right thing and you're trying to build a family and you're trying to build wealth and you're trying to find love and you're trying to get to the next level in life and you're in a toxic relationship behind closed doors, then you need to be able to talk it out to someone because it's not going to just affect you. It's going to you either going to get sick, die or living and it's gonna it's gonna rear his ugly head somehow in your life but most importantly it's gonna affect the kids and we don't want that same so that, that's another reason why we promote sobrieties we don't want the toxicity of our addictions to come into our household now i can tell you guys this much I'm not judging you out there if you're in the, if you were if you if you if you suffered from addiction and you had kids and stuff but if you're out there in the sober dope community and you're doing a sobriety thing right now, you have kids, you're special to me. And I love you. Because having kids is a sacred thing. And if you're struggling with addiction, it's definitely going to affect your children. Most definitely. 100%. The quality of life of the child should never be affected by the sins and the flaws of the parents. And, I, and that's my personal opinion. And I have a right to say that because I had a dad who was awesome, you know, and I have a, you know, may he rest in peace. My dad, no matter what, my dad had his issues with his addiction. One thing about my dad, his addiction never, he, he wasn't a nasty person. He wasn't mean. He wasn't, he wasn't anything. He just was a beautiful guy. He was cool. He was always happy. He always danced. He made sure we had food. He was a good person. So if you are... If you're struggling with some form of addiction and it makes you a total asshole, stop drinking, stop doing the drugs because it's going to affect the kids. You know what I'm saying? If you, if you know, beating up, beating the kids and beating the wife or the wife beating the husband and beating the kids. Because now the other day I seen a woman beating up her husband. I mean, but pounding on this guy's face. He, you know, his nose gashed up and everything. She's just sitting out there with her bottle of brandy, and they both drunk, and she just punching this guy in his face. Professionally, just one, two, three, four, five, six. Let's go for a seven, an eight, a nine, and maybe a ten. Straight to the guy's face. It was like she was just career punching this guy, just letting him have it. And I'm like, okay, are y'all guys done? <laughs> you know, are we done? <laughs> That's what my sister used to do with me and my girlfriend. We used to tear apart the house when we were drinking. My come in with the belt. It'll be funny. My little sister have a belt, and she's her, her and my brother-in-law. And they'll be like, "All right, we gotta go in and get, we gotta go get pop because they misbehave." It was like I was like a kid, I was rolling around the floor, goofing off, acting stupid. It wasn't funny though, you know. You know they had to come and get the belt. Say you know. These guys acting up. We got to treat them like the kids. Get the belt. Whip them back into shape. So my thing, ladies and gentlemen, is look, I try to have a little fun with y'all. I try to make you guys laugh a little. But in all honesty, this is a cool episode because it's just simple. Just, it, just take a moral inventory with yourself. Then take a moral inventory with the person that you with. And ask yourself, are you in a toxic relationship? If you are, you have to do something about it. Right. If you're not. And look, love is deep. If you really love a person, then you can make it work. I believe that. Like, it's real deep. 
you know, I have a saying here, avoiding certain people to protect your emotional health is not a weakness, it's wisdom, right? So we're going to do in this segment some quotes and some information. Avoiding certain people to protect your emotional health is not weakness, it's wisdom. But sometimes you have to run as fast as you can from a toxic person to protect your emotional health. Because you don't want to be dealing with the negativities of relationship radiation, the toxicity of it, right? Um, I like this one. Everyone warns you about red flags in a relationship, but I want to hear about green flags. (laughs) I like that one. So for some of you, this episode may apply to you differently. You might be like, no, there's no red flags. I'm happy and I'm in a good relationship. And if you like me, I'm in a great relationship. It needs work. Every relationship is or a relationship is always going to need work. You know, you should die working towards a better life. Isn't that because we're humans? We grow. We're never going to be totally set. Anyone that says, oh, I'm perfect and it's all peaches and cream. They're lying. Those are the people you go to their house and it's crazy. You know, my relationship needs work because I need work. I could always be more patient, right? And I, I, I could be more humble. I could communicate a little bit better. Um, here's another one. If you were there for me when I needed you, thank you. If you were not, thank you. That's another saying. I like that, you know, um, because... Everything has, everything is an answer. Someone's absence could be a response. It's an answer, something, right? Someone tells you whatever, someone tells you don't, you know, someone may be hurting if they want to be left alone. You never know. Sometimes people are really hurting, so you have to have compassion. But if you're dealing with sobriety and recovery, you're very, very fragile, So we can't play in toxic environments. We can't play with toxic work environments. We can't play in toxic relationships. We can't play any games because we all know the moment we relapse, the world turns dark and we tear apart everything. I don't know about you guys, but I'm definitely a powerful, powerful person. And if I drink, I could create a lot of havoc. And I vow not to. And I, it's like, why would I unlock that potential, that wrath on the planet? That type of wrath is wrath. I'm talking about wrath, real full blown biblical wrath. You know what I'm saying? And I'm in a peaceful state and my goal is to stay there. And I always think about everyone in the Sober's Dope community. How many of us out there is trying and you're just one, you're a ticking time bomb. You know, I'm not a ticking time bomb, thank God. I'm chill as hell. But I see my peers, some of us that's dealing with the addiction thing and sobriety thing, guys be on the edge, man. Like, yo, one more person say one more thing, I'm flipping out. I'm going off on somebody. And it's because this accumulation of stress is overwhelming, right? Your brain is overwhelmed. Your body's overwhelmed. You, you, you know, you're just out of it. You're done. So I love you guys, and I just want to give you tools. So one of the tools that we haven't spoken about yet, and I'm going to do an episode about sobriety and love and relationships and stuff like that, more fun stuff. But I had to talk to you guys and keep it tall about that because it's been weighing on me, man. Like, I've been thinking, like, we, we talk about all of the benefits of sobriety, but we also have to talk about maintenance and sobriety, how to maintain our sobriety, and it starts with relationships. Toxic people is going to make us toxic. And toxicity is like the new in thing because it's a great term. People out here really messed up mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And we got to also talk about the spiritual health. So that brings me to my, my, one of my last points, spiritual health in the relationship. If you guys are not practicing some form of spiritual practice, you know the old adage, a family that prays together, stay together. I pray for my spouse, she prays for me. We don't necessarily always pray together, but I know she prays in the morning. She likes to pray when she takes her shower. That's when she prays for her family and everything. Me, I like to pray when I'm before I go to bed or like while I'm in a real tranquil state or when I'm driving, right? Um, I don't know if you guys ever heard of Way of the Pilgrim, um, the unceasing prayer. 
It's like a prayer. Um, Lord, have mercy on me for I'm a great sinner. And this is a prayer that you could constantly say. It's kind of like an elocution. You could say it mentally like a constant prayer. Um, and that's the way of the pilgrim. But anyway, um, prayer is important. Uh, for people out there who don't do the religious thing, um, you know, talk, communication, meditate, meditate together, do yoga together, go to the gym together, have some form of spiritual practice, have God. If you don't know God, find God in your life, no matter however that, whatever that means, however it looks, try to find God in your life. Because that helps in a relationship. And I'm talking about whatever. You may want to call it the universe. You may want to call it Om. You may want to call it Atma. You may want to call it Brahman. You may want to call it Elohim. You may want to call it Allah. You may want to call it Allahum. You may want to call it Adonaki. You may want to call it whatever. But God is God. You could put whatever name you want on there. I doubt any of us know God's name anyway. I don't think God has a name because who would have named God? Right? God had, wouldn't have no need to name himself. He's like, I'm God. You know what I'm saying? Like, I am. I'm the all. I'm it. I'm love. My favorite thing I ever heard in my life was God is love. Right? And I was trying to explain to the scientists one day. They was like, we're trying to figure out the mathematical sequence of the whole universe because everything is we get to a point in science where it's this thing that creates and keeps everything together. It's like they call it the particle. It's like this great particle with string theory and the um and I'm like, yo, is God the God particle y'all looking for is love. They call it the God particle. What's that thing that keeps everything together? And I'm like, God is love. Okay, love is so potent. When you have pure love, it could create anything. Creation, when we're in love, we create babies. When God's in love, he creates universes and people and things and planets. So love is our charter, right? That's why relationship radiation is a no-no when we're trying to do the good things on the planet. We need to be happy and grounded. I want all of you to be happy, okay? I want all of you to wake up and be excited like a little kid to be next to the person that you're with. And if you're not jumping for joy and you're not excited, then maybe we have to have a talk. And if my girl, you ever listen to this, wherever you at, sweetheart, if you're not happy and I don't make you happy, then you shouldn't be with me. You should run. Go find your happiness. I won't stop you. I want you to be happy, too. But I love you, and I hope I I do make you happy. And if I don't, we should have a talk about that. To anyone else out there, you should be saying the same exact thing to the person you love. Do I make you happy? And how can I be better? And can we work on our communication? Do we have relationship radiation? Are we being manipulative? Are we being judgmental? Are we being negative? You know, are we always hard on each other? Are we trying to live up to some perfect ideal that we can't really imagine? A lot of people like to mask it like I just want the best for them. And no, no, no. You don't just want the best for them. You're asking them to do things that you're not willing to do. You know? You know, it's like parents being hard on their kids and asking them kids to live up to things that they never even could accomplish. You know? Don't live vicariously through a third party or through a second person. Because you have shortcomings. Fix your own shortcomings. And lastly, ladies and gentlemen... um, if you're in the sober, dope commu- community, man, here's some signs of an unhealthy relationship. Lack of communication, we spoke of that. Loss of emotional intimacy. Emotional intimacy is important. Disengagement. Guys ain't really always in the same space. You're not on the same page. You kind of seem like you're just there. You guys, one person's on one part of the couch, the other person's on the other part of the couch. You don't even know they're there. You're disengaged. Passive-aggressive behavior. So passive-aggressive behavior is the worker. That's how people do it. You're abusive, but you do it passively. 
You say you constantly say slick shit and you constantly pick and pick and pick and insult the person, but you do it so passively, it justifies you being a dick, but you they really can't say it because it's so passive, but you're really just being a dick. Stop being a dick. If you're being a dick in your relationship, stop, right? Inability to forgive, you know, you can't talk sober as dope without forgiveness. If we, if you're in a relationship and it's an inability to forgive, then you, you guys got to move on, period, period. Now, this is my biggest thing. Forgive, don't forget. Well, no, forgive, but be able to recall. So what I mean by this is that, <clears throat> look, if you cheat on someone or someone cheats on you, and you forgive them, that's cool. Then you gotta be like, it's cool. I ain't stressing that, I ain't holding that against you. But you can recall the behaviors that led up to that and point that out to the person. Like, yeah, I forgave you, but I'm still not tolerating certain shit because that did happen and we gotta make sure we're on the same page and the respect level has to be at a higher point. So you have to hold yourself in a high enough regard to a person where if you're going to forgive them, they need to know it ain't business as usual. We're not going back to peaches and cream right away. We're going to have a newfound respect. And I need to know that the new the, the, the foundation is reestablished in loyalty, love and honesty. Right. And if I sense that you're playing games with me, I'm a ghost because I'm not going to do this again. A lot of us forgive people, but we still allow the same negative behavior that we forgave. That can't happen. Forgive, and if the person doesn't change enough to your comfort level, bounce on them. Forget, I don't care who they are. Say, nah. Because one thing I ain't going to let happen is too much. I can understand once, maybe twice if somebody stepped out. Y'all was in different spaces, but... You know, it ain't gonna be no third times around here. It ain't gonna be no fourth times around here. It's not gonna be no fifth times. It's not gonna be no culture where it's okay to step out. And that goes both ways, because I'm a guy, I'm good looking. I can get girls all day. I can get women all day. But I, 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 I take pride in my loyalty. I take pride in my relationships. I don't play games in my relationship. And all my homegirls know that. You know, I know a lot of women. I deal with a lot of women on a day-to-day basis. They all know this guy's good. He don't really become, he ain't on it like that. I change, you know what I'm saying? If you, if you can't be honest in a relationship, don't be in a relationship. Just be single and date. Don't be a dumbass. Excuse my language. I don't know why I'm cursing so much, but... Oh, people who play games in relationship really irk me because it's like you have the freedom just to be single and date. So why would you commit to someone and then play games with them? It's just it's annoying. So I, I suggest that if you can't forgive, then leave. But if you do forgive, then really forgive. Right. Codependent behavior. We. All right. So in our addiction, codependency is a big issue. Where, you know, the person needs you to kind of complete themselves and codependency is a real problem. So if you if you if if you're dating someone that you was codependent to you with your addiction, you need to be very strong in your addiction so they don't drag you back into your addiction. You know, so be careful with codependency. Make sure that, you know. There's boundaries. Make sure you have the strength to hold it down because sometimes codependency can drag you in the wrong direction. Um, Substance abuse, of course. Hello. Signs of an unhealthy relationship. If someone in a relationship is still struggling with addiction and they're not taking the steps. Now, I can understand if they're still like, well, I want to do better and I'm on a different timetable, then it's okay to be patient and work with them as long as it as long as it's not abusive to you. But the moment it becomes too abusive and the person is not really thinking about changing, like if you get to the point where it's like, all right, I'm going on seven to eight years now with this, 10 years with this, and you still tearing up the town, then maybe it's just not meant to be. But sometimes substance abuse can lead to really a lot of relationship radiation. And it, it is some compassion needed because when a person is intoxicated, they're not in their right state of mind. So I would say you could cut them some slack because people tend to be different when they in their addiction. We have to be patient. But that has an expiration date, too. We ain't going to sit here for 20 years and let you act stupid on us 
So just put it on perspective, ladies and gentlemen. You know what I'm saying? Those are some signs of an unhealthy relationship. Um, you could try these tips for getting out if you're stuck in an unhealthy relationship. Make a commitment to boogie. All right. If you're in an unhealthy relationship and you and you're trying to get out, you have to make a commitment. It's just like deciding to quit drinking or getting on a new diet. You have to sit down and say, okay. I got to get out of this relationship. I have to commit. So mentally, you have to make the choice because once you you break up with someone mentally and you make the commitment to do it and to break the the negative tie, and and, in the church, we call relationships soul ties. Once you sleep with a person, you create a permanent soul tie. And sometimes you have to do a lot of work to cut that soul tie, right? So you go Google soul ties, right? When dealing with relationships, it's very important because what happens is you can sleep with someone and then they have numerous soul ties with other people. That energy comes into your spirit. And then now you have all of these soul ties. And then that person, if they're not clean or if they're not committed to you, it could be it could open up a real toxic spiritual environment. And sometimes when you want to cut that cord it has to be surgical it has to be spiritually a surgical cut you have to mentally and spiritually break up with that person before you verbally and physically do it right so that's what they're talking about making a commitment first if you're in an unhealthy relationship to leave um enlist support from family and friends so yeah you have to build a team sometimes if you're in a toxic relationship especially an abusive relationship you're going to have to enlist the help of family and friends, and that entails some honesty. You see this a lot where someone will come to you and say, look, I know you're my best friend. I never was honest with you, but I was being abused for the last five years. You know, my husband or my, my, my wife beats me up in the middle of the night and abuses me, and I, can you help me? And so enlist the help of family and friends. That's very important. Um, Don't try to be friends. So I think this is deep. If you're in an unhealthy relationship and you get out of it, don't try to still be a friend with the person. Okay? It's not safer if you're just friends. Just stop. All right? Don't try to be friends. Right? And don't be too friendly. Like, if it's abusive, just do the bare minimum until you can get out. Don't try to front. Just be like, look. Not happy, letting you know I'm not happy, whatever. But for you out there, for anyone out there that's in a real solid abusive relationship where you could die at any moment and this person really, really like you're afraid of your life, then you know, play along until you get out. You know, I would say go further to call the cops. Like if you're in a relationship and you're a lady or you're a guy out there and somebody's really beating you up and you're sick, go to the police, put a restraining order against them. Have them arrested if they're really abusive. Don't just... I hate when I hear these horror stories where women just lie to the cops or men lie to the cops on their spouse just to get them locked up because they want to prove a point, you know. Um, Just, I'm saying, if you're genuinely being abused, then go to the authorities. Um, Don't feel you need to rescue your partner. So that's another thing, especially in addiction. We feel like sometimes we have to rescue other people because we needed to be rescued. But don't forget, you had to do the work to get to where you at. So you kind of help God rescue you. You rescued yourself. You did the work. Sometimes it's okay to cut your losses and say the battle belongs to God. And this is not my fight. That Every person deserves to hit their own rock bottom and to find their own way. And believe it or not, sometimes the person would probably be better off without you. Because if you're codependent also or you're enabling them, you're not really helping them. They're not going to really get better until they really feel the burn of being on their own. So, um... Don't feel you need to rescue your partner if you're in an unhealthy relationship. Just get out of it. Okay? And lastly, ladies and gentlemen, fill the void. Right? So it's going to be hard when you're getting out of a relationship, but you got to fill the void. So just pick up a new hobby, get into your own self, and do what you need to do. So listen, this episode today was a very insightful one for me. 
it made me realize that I'm actually happy. I'm in a good relationship. I thank God. My girlfriend, she she didn't give up on me when I um went into rehab and you know, it was tough for her because she's younger, you know, um you know, I'm smooth. I got a hot young girl. You know, my, my, my wifey hot and young. You know what I'm saying? You know, my girl's what, um, what, three, four years younger than me. So, you know, both in our 30s. So, you know, it's appropriate age difference. But what I'm saying is when I was in rehab, she was like, you know, I was there for a whole year, man. And it was like, you know, she just was always there. Like, I, I was able on weekends to go from New York to Boston to go visit her. Her family was supportive. I remember when I used to get to South Station, we used to hit the escalators, and she'll run all the way up to the escalators and jump on me and give me a big hug. And I know it was hard for her because she's the type that needs to be with her dude. And I was locked. I was locked away. I mean, I could only come out once, and I needed special permission to leave on the weekends. I had to. I had a curfew. I had to stay in this three-quarter house, which is a fancy word for a shelter. Um, and I was away for a year and we fought through that and we made it through that. And it was tough. She was working. She was around hot dudes and it was tough for her. You know, I'm sure she had her own struggles and stuff. And and but she was there for me and she was supportive. And look, we're going on 10 years. You know what I'm saying? And I should marry her. We're not married yet. And well, we're like common law married, but I really need to do the right thing by her. Um, but the one thing I didn't want to do was to push her in a direction that she didn't want to go. So, you know, I'm letting the love establish itself to where it's so solid that I'm sure that that's the next step. I think some of us jump into marriage too prematurely and ends in divorce. And I would not be a statistic. And one thing I love about my girl is she always said that the, the institution of marriage is something that she thinks is sacred. So if we ever went there, then that means it's it and there's no games to be played. So it's important that you have things in your life that's sacred, like love. Love should be sacred. And all I want for you guys out there in the Sopers Dope Universe is the person that you with, be nice to them, be kind. Remember, it's nice to be important, but it's always important to just be nice, right? It's more important to just be nice. So I love you guys. Go in peace and love for real. And if you're in a toxic relationship, run. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're in a toxic relationship and you need help, reach out to me. Hit me online. I'm at monkhealing at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram at Pop Buchanan. I'm on Instagram at monkhealing. All right. Um, I'm on Instagram at Sober is Dope. I'm on Twitter at Sober is Dope. I'm on Twitter at Monk Healing. I'm on Twitter at Pop Buchanan. And I'm on Facebook as Josephi Pop Buchanan. My name is Joseph, but it's spelled Josephi, J-O-S-E-P-H-E, Pop Buchanan. So, or Monk Healing on Facebook, too. All right? And then you can always go to popbuchanan.net and you can find me. So, or just Google Pop Buchanan or Sober is Dope. We're all over the place. You, you, you can find me if you're out there. You can find me. Reach out to me if you're in a toxic relationship. If you want me to showcase your sober success story or your, your, your situation, if you're being abused and you need help and you need me to get to information to the authorities, I'll help you. All right. You're not alone out there. So to so this is our episode relationship radiation. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. I catch you on the other side for real. Go in peace. Love yourself. Love the person you with. Do the work to have a nurturing relationship. God bless you guys. Catch you on the other side. If I could save your life, I would, my baby, I love you If I could take away the pain, I promise I love you There's levels to this game, but I'm not a player We all up and down like elevators 
For the record, you the one that's getting away Before I lose this fight, I got something to say I'm proud of you, baby, no matter what And no one's perfect, it comes to trust And when it come to us, I want you to know There's no way in life I'm not willing to go Just for you, my baby, my Desdemona On our Shakespeare shit, still pitching a boner I love you long time, my heart is honest And I never really cheated my love, I promise And I know that's shaky, but I'm only human And if I ever find that kid, I'm snuffing Cupid Cause this love shit hurts like amputations But you always add up to my computations I'm just a romantic, yes to no dancers Pillow talk love with X and O answers In this thing called life, we find the meaning To the girl that I love who's fighting demons Just know you're not alone, just pick up the phone I promise not to judge, just get in the zone I love you